Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful J.R. Gondak. J.R., are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Good morning. Good morning. Let's go. J.R. is a managing director at Hightower, and he is the co-author of Family Value at Risk. I'm excited to have you on. J.R., tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. I grew up in northern Wisconsin and continued to make my way south to where I am today in Chicago. So I have four kids, two boys, two girls, and uh, kind of started young. Had my first first paper out when I was second grade, so I was kind of earning that first paycheck. Got me interested in the financial markets overall, I would say. And then uh, it's my first job out of college. I started when I was 21. And just been interesting to see the dynamics change within the industry the last 20 years. And it's it's a lot of fun taking families from kind of where they're getting started to all the way through retirement. And then to next generation planning is really very motivating and a lot of fun to do. Yeah, well, I certainly appreciate that. So a paper route in northern Wisconsin, that was good some months of the year, but bad in others. That was always fun in the winter, riding your bike <laughs> through the snow. Keeps you going. Yeah. Is, is, is that how it went? Was actually on a bike in the snow? Of course. And then uh, <laughs> in high school, I worked on a dairy farm for three years. Okay. So both kind of keep your perspective in life, I'd say. Yeah. You're, you are not a person who is afraid of hard work. Not at all. <laughs> and I saw, I think that you were, while you were an undergrad, you were working in the float department of a bank. Is that right? I, w- I did. I worked more or less full time. I was working 30 to 40 hours a week while I was finishing my undergrad. So I was uh, in Milwaukee at the time. So it really keeps you focused because you don't have any time to kind of not stay on on task, I would say. so. Yeah, well, I certainly appreciate that. And that probably has served you well with two boys and two girls. Stayed focused on task. <laughs> yeah, my kids are between 3 and 11 now, so it's... So fun ages. Yeah. And all of the demographic. Nice. I appreciate that. So 20 years um, working with with families and seeing the industry change. Walk me through sort of how, 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 how that's how your perspective has, has maybe changed or just, just your experience in general. Well, I think the, the Wall Street or the investment world has always been focused on numbers and how much you can make. So when I when I started 20 years ago, it was very much focused on that. So a lot a transaction. Let me call my broker. Let me invest in this company. Let me you know pay a commission charge and hopefully make some money over time. And it was very focused and and still is a lot this day on kind of male advisor, male client. I would say in in a lot of ways. And the evolution, especially with our business, the last 10 years, we've tried to broaden that to. To what we talk about in the book is intentional, inclusive communication, sort of including everyone in the family. And what you find is it just broadens the topic from investments to what matters, which is family wealth planning, and really look at the legacy and what does the money mean not only to yourself, but what do you want it to mean for your kids and grandkids ahead? Yeah, well, I think that that's awesome. Intentional, inclusive conversations. You know, it's... These things just don't happen on their own. 
right? And it just in a traditionally male-dominated business, where more often than not, it was it was talking to the talking to the man in the family. Um, so, walk me through how how was that from the institution down? Is that something that you and 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 the people you were doing business with figured out that there was a need for that? Well, we just found too many times at the end of life that the whole family wasn't prepared. So you built up this great investment portfolio, but there was no communication. So when the the patriarch a lot of times would pass away, the rest of the family was left to kind of piece it together, as opposed to we just think it's a better way if there's proactive planning and communication. When end of life unfortunately comes, everybody can grieve, as opposed to trying to worry about where the documents, where everything is, and and everything's taken care of. So it's just we found a, a better way as opposed to it's hard enough at end of life to grieve, but then you're trying to get everything in order, and it just was not an optimal way. We found a lot of families. Yeah, could picture some of those conversations. Does anybody know where Dad had X Y Z? Did anybody know who we're supposed to call or what we're supposed to do? And a lot of the times the answer was no. Well, and on top of it, years later you find stuff that you didn't know about. There was an account over here. There was some money held there, or there was an investment in X, Y, Z that just nobody was aware of. And then you're, you're dealing with these things years later. That so a lot of times what we we encourage is just a simple start for families is put together your one page net worth statement is is what we talk about. It's a simple one page. You list everything you know about your investment accounts, your banking, your insurance, your home values, and then. It's just a good starter, and what you find is a lot of a lot of times families are surprised at what the bottom line total is, but then from there it's just a nice guide to update at least once a year to to make sure everything's accounted for. Yeah, I think that that is is brilliantly practical and practically brilliant uh, right there. Like oftentimes when people think about this process, I imagine. It's like, oh, they, 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 they don't want to engage in it because they assume it's way too complex. Oh, exactly. Anything When you bring up money, a, a lot of people and families just tend to turn off because it's just not a comfortable conversation. Either there's just not preparedness from not knowing where things are and just anxiety tends to go up. So what we found is the simpler you can make it and the more conversational it can be, just the better outcome and, and the, the better um, family communication you find because it's just a comfort level that it's not overwhelming. This is a conversation. And the more you understand, the better the result for not only you, your kids, and your grandkids ahead. Yeah. Not a comfortable conversation. And I sort of defaulted to complexity, but there's oftentimes way more than that, right? Well, and, and on top of it, you get into the estate, wills and trusts, and then – what you find a lot of times is, is people don't like to think about passing away. So you kind of delay any conversation around estate planning in general. And it's just so critical because we just remind it's not necessarily for you, but it's for everyone else in your family. So you're really being a steward of your, of your family wealth to make sure things are in order. And especially in a year like this with the likelihood of a lot of tax changes ahead, this is the year to make sure your affairs are in order and just be aware of it because there there could be a lot of changes coming depending on which state you live in and what's happened federally with taxes to be able to account for things. Because what we talk about is you have your investment return, 
which are what everybody's used to looking at, your statements, did my accounts and 401k go up or down? That's your investment return. We'd like to talk about your wealth return. And that's really focused on that overall planning, which is starts with that net worth statement and then pivots into your state plan to make sure that it all fits together. And then the, the step we find a lot of families miss after that is to not compare with the next generation. So it's one thing for the matriarch and patriarch of family to have everything in order. But then if you don't compare with your kids or grandkids, a lot of times money's lost in translation between generations because there's not proper communication. So when you say compare with the next generation, talk to me a little bit more about that. Well, what we find is a lot of parents or grandparents are, tend to be uncomfortable sharing values with the next generation because they're concerned about taking the fire out of the belly, so to speak, of the next uh. generation. But what's happened, I believe, is you know in general when your kids are, are more prepared. So my kids being 3 to 11, it's not the proper time to be sharing values. But here as a parent, you want to make sure that you have your wills and trusts in place to protect them. But as you get to your late 20s and early 30s, you get to more of a comfortable time that your kids are settled in their careers. They've built up a little bit of their own retirement funds. And now it's it's time to start to generally talk about it. So usually we, we think about two steps. One, you can think about just the structure of how things flow from one generation to the next. And then when you're comfortable as a family, then you can put the values into what flows because it's, it's usually a two-step process we find but a lot of it is just overcoming the concern of parents that the kids want to know just so they know how much their inheritance is. And <laughs> sure, that could be a concern in, in some families, but the reality is it, it's proactive planning. And I'll give you an example. Talk about kids or grandkids. If you're saving in a 529 or setting money aside for your, your kid's college tuition, what if your parents are doing something as well? So it's good to be able to compare to make sure that what you're both doing for that college planning fits together. That's just a good example. Yeah, a thousand percent. It's like, yeah, I think that that's, that's an excellent example right there. It's duplication. If I have two different money managers, well, are you invested in the exact same things or is it a total crossover? So being able to have that conversation. It's interesting, this idea of not comparing values, but we're really talking about actual account values and not necessarily what your family values are. For example, you and your work ethic, right? Those are values you definitely want to share with, with uh, your kids. Yeah, and, and you pivot to a nice point, too, because we talk about is, is the, the value of money, and then you have legacy value within families and really pivoting. What does the money mean, and what do you want to let, what do we stand for as a family? So you start to try to pass around stories is what we find is is talking about what you were doing in the middle of your career and where your kids might have been in their life. So you're in the middle of finishing your MBA and your your child was finishing first grade or something. Mm -hmm. And it kind of puts in context where you were in, in career path. And it helps to remind that as parents, you tend not to not share your stories and successes or hardships with your, your kids or your grandkids. Those stories are so valuable, we find, is passing around either that hard work, if that's that's what you want to show, or whatever legacy, if it's charitably within a family. Hey, we'd like to support these causes because we had this issue in our family. It's good to talk about those openly, to, to share more than money and pass around that 
the extra legacy within families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I certainly appreciate that. What do you think, JR, that your value as an advisor is? It seems to me, just really quickly, just talking about it, all these different variables or these important conversations you need to be having, uh, obviously the, the legal stuff and the investments and understanding that, but then the complexity of, not necessarily complexity, but these extra steps about having these value conversations. But that, 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 that would be what I perceive. Um, how, how, how do you think about the value that you bring? I think there's two big values that as an advisor, one is when you're at the top of the market or the bottom of the market, those are two important time periods where a lot of investors can hurt their long-term plan, right? And and both are equally bad. If you're buying the wrong things at the peak of the market, thinking that it's going to continue forever, and then it drops dramatically, or vice versa. Last March, when we're in the middle of, of COVID and stock market is plunging, selling out of your portfolio at the bottom of the market. So I think as an advisor, it's it's reminding of the long-term plan that you have in place to not get too emotional at the top or the bottom of the market and stay kind of on that long-term plan. So I think that's the first big one. And then the second is just focused on that wealth return, making sure you have everything accounted for, that it fits together, your beneficiaries are correct on your, your accounts, the titling is, is correct, and you fit that investment plan with your long-term family planning. And I think those are the two that we focus most on. Yeah, well, that certainly does make sense. And how, how often are, I'm sure that with, with every engagement, you have a, a, a checklist of things that you're interested in, in, in accomplishing and communicating. And so for everybody, the process is going to look a little bit different. Uh, but walk, kind of walk me through a, a, a typical engagement. Yeah, we, we talk about a roadmap. So you start with completing that net worth statement. So you make sure you have everything. Because as an advisor, if, if a family is only sharing bits and pieces of their picture, it's hard to advise them as to where to go because you don't know everything. So it's good to, to share as much information with your advisor and that net worth statement really gets you started. From there, you, you've, we like to move into financial planning. How much do I have today? What do I need to get to in retirement? Or if I'm in retirement, how much do I need to get me through retirement? And once you really have a grasp as to what your financial plan is, then you can feed into the estate planning. Are my wills in place? Are my trust in place? Should I be gifting to my kids and grandkids? How does that look? Once you know that your financial plan is strong and you're secure, you can do some of that advanced planning. And then once that's in order, then you talk about a family meeting, communicating what you've decided. And as a family, talk about what you've, what's ahead and any, any changes. And then from there, you, you continue to kind of update, you know, whether it's quarterly or annually from there, kind of through that overall roadmap. Nice. Appreciate that. So the book, Family Value at Risk, what, what should people expect from, from reading it? What, what do you hope people get out of it? Well, we tried to make it very readable so it wasn't a, a finance book. Uh, even though we're in the financial field in general. So we, we talk about is, is stories, good and bad, that families have, we've seen over the years. Because I, I think a lot of times stories are really helpful for people to learn from. Because you could either see parts of your family in a story. And from there you could say, well, they played it out this way and it was very successful. Or in this case, 
we've had the same problem. How do we overcome that? And uh, it's it's helpful, I think, from from stories and examples to really bring it down to earth and and really help to to kind of move things ahead. Because what we we try to avoid is is decision making paralysis, as we call it. So once you get into any of these topics that, yeah, I'll get around to it. Well, that doesn't work. You need to stay. So we like to kind of keep families engaged. And I think the the more conversation they can make a lot of this, the more success you have getting things done. Because that's what I think a lot of people don't realize is, is, is it's very easy to make changes. But if you don't have something in place, that is, is so difficult if something unfortunate happens. But once something's in place, a lot of these changes are, are much simpler uh, when you want to change them. Yeah, yeah, I think that, that makes a lot of sense. That paralysis is a real thing. I will get around to it is a, a dangerous, dangerous statement right there. JR. Very common, though. Mm -hmm. What we resist persists. <laughs> well, JR, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I think the difference-making tip, whether it's you're, you're the matriarch and patriarch generation within your family or you're the next generation, is to, A, make sure your, your personal plan's in place, but then let's communicate as a family. And again, you don't have to share values, but you have to be able to compare, like, like the example with the grandchildren or the, the kids saving for college. There's a lot of duplication without communication, and the more... A, get our own stuff in place, but then let's compare as a family. Well, I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets come on. Come on. JR, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage? Where can they get a copy of the book? Uh, you can follow through LinkedIn. So either at the Learner Group or you know LinkedIn, JR Gondek. And um, our, our website, Hightower Advisors, the Learner Group. Everything should be available in both places. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show JR your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can find JR at LinkedIn. I'll list that in the notes of the show as well as the website. Check it out. Pick up a copy of Family Value at Risk and start having these important conversations. Thanks again, JR. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show.